Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. On this week, I'm joined by Sam Waterson. Now, Sam is a deal packager based up in Leeds and I thought it'd be interesting to get him on here and talk to you about you know, what he does in his business and maybe give you some ideas on how you could get into packaging and some of the other stuff he's doing as well because he also runs a lettings business. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. So Sam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So for anyone who's listening, um, tell us a little bit about Sam. Let's say start right at the beginning before for property, um, what were you doing and what got you interested in getting into property? So for me, I've always worked in sales, right. um, whether it was selling carpets uh, part-time while I worked, uh, while I was at college still, um, field sales when I finished university, but I'd always wanted to run my own business. So I kind of always had this burning desire to, to start a business and I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I never really had that killer idea that was, this is going to be the idea. Right. And I think as a victim of the sort of Sarah Beanie effect in 2006, 2007, me and a friend um, bought a house together and spent six weeks um, doing it up in the evenings and the weekends. And then uh, after six months, we got the mortgage companies to come out and do like a further advance. Yeah. So we kind of thought, hang on a minute, this is a a really good way to make money, which isn't necessarily a business. Yeah. Um, And then it snowballed from there, really. So we went on to buy another few properties. Um, but as you can imagine, if you think about the the sort of calendar at the time, yeah. we're going from 2006, 2007. So what happened was halfway through doing a roof, refurb in like 2007, um, the credit crunch came along and that was the end of me sort of buying any more pro- properties and moving on to the next one because we couldn't refinance. Right. So I had, I think it was a year and a half or two and a half years of going back into employment, back into a sales job while also managing my own properties. Yeah. And it was kind of a bit of a natural progression, really, because it started off because I'm more, I'm more good at this sort of the sales of the marketing, as you'd imagine, side of things. You know, advertising the properties, doing the viewing, signing tenants up, looking after the relationships. But I was absolutely hopeless at the um, sort of more technical side of things. So like the maintenance, the repairs. Yeah. So I started working with a local handyman who would do all the maintenance for me. Um, so at the time, I'm sat there going, right. So I've just passed off a load of stuff that I was doing to someone and paying them money for it. Really what I should do is look to replace the money that I'm paying out by doing something that I'm good at. So I just mentioned to a few people that I knew who who had properties, you know, if you've got any empty rooms, let me know and I'll find you find you a tenant. Right. So inadvertently, I, I started a sort of room finding, um, right. so tenant finding service. Yeah. Accidental letting agent. Well, yeah, I never really viewed it as letting agency. It was just, and, and I found all the old um, Facebook groups I set up sort of 10 years ago um, the other day, and I was having a chuckle to myself. It was really just, you know, do you need help finding um, people for rooms? Yeah. Because that's specifically what I was good at because I had a few HMOs. So I, I started filling rooms for people, and then a friend of mine um, knew what I was doing, was halfway through doing a small refurb on one of his properties, but was going traveling. Yeah. So he ran out of time and he says, look, I'm halfway through putting in the bathroom. Can you finish that off? Decorate the house, put flooring in, put tenants in, look after it for four months while I'm oh, on the other side of the world. Um, so I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And that was when the penny dropped. That I was like, hang on a minute, I quite enjoy this and I quite like this and I reckon I could do this for other people. So I made the decision to um, 
work for myself and start my own business. So originally it wasn't going to be a letting agency because I had gone through the process of finding a property, buying a property and doing the refurb myself. Yeah. I'd kind of done all the stuff before you need tenants. Yeah. So I, I saw it more as a landlord services business where I would maybe go in and paint the house, get it furnished, put a washing machine in, then get the tenants ready. So I hadn't necessarily thought of the sourcing too much, but it was definitely right. leaned towards more things that a landlord could outsource, yeah. whether it be, you know, finding the tenants or anything that happens before that or after that or anything, just you know, outsourcing the roles and responsibilities of a landlord in, in exchange for a fee. Um, what happened then was I spent the next few years when I, so I, I started part-time, worked for six months full-time, one sort of crossed over to the other, left paid employment um, and continued going and ended up becoming a let, more of a letting agent and a managing agent, um, focusing on quite a lot of student properties right. in Leeds. Um, so we kind of, I kind of fell. Well, you're still buying at that point, you just stopped the buying stopped completely. Because of the, um, the, the issue with the credit crunch, I borrowed a lot of money on my final project. So what I did was I just consolidated all my rents yep. to pay those debts off. So I wasn't really in a position to buy any more houses. So I just I just paid everything down over over a few years and kind of fell into being being a letting agent because I found that people had a lot more need for finding tenants yep. and then managing properties than they did did the other stuff. So kind of did that for sort of four or five years with no real direction. Yeah. And that was my first effort at running a business. Um, so I'd always wanted to run a business. I knew that I had what it took to run a business. But the problem I had was I was so much such a salesman that I was very much focused on the sale. Right. And not the other aspects right. of, of running a business. So that business had its good times, it had its bad times. Um, but unfortunately, in 2016, that business went, uh, went into liquidation. Right. Which is a, a moment of realization for me because <clears throat> I was sat there and I'd, I'd had a business that hadn't worked. And then I looked at all the reasons why it hadn't worked and all the things that had gone well over the time and then realized that I'd actually generated a lot of skills that maybe hadn't been applied properly. Yeah. That if I was to go back to the drawing board and start again, I could apply all the things that had gone well, eliminate all the things that hadn't gone well. Mm. Um, and, and so started again at the start of 2017 with the business that uh, currently run. Originally, it was a, a straightforward letting agency plus we did a bit of a state agency. Yep. With me not being an estate agent, not being able to get involved and influence it, I always felt a little bit uncomfortable with owning an estate agency that I wasn't involved in. So in 2018, we stopped doing that side of the business um, and started looking more towards sourcing yep. with a view to if we want to get in front of a landlord, rather than waiting until they need a tenant, if we can get them a lot further up the sales cycle, it means we could build a relationship before they even yeah. need the... So source uh, them the property and then manage it for them as well. I, I've always liked yeah. the model. Yeah. You get paid to find the property, but you also get in front of the landlord at the earliest possible opportunity mm. where you can build that relationship so that when it comes to them deciding which letting agent they want to use, they're not going to use anybody else. Yeah. And also with the refurb element, it meant that if I was in control of the refurb, I could make sure the house was done right so that when we're managing it, we're not, issues. not managing other people's problems. Um, so that was the plan. And then back end of 2018, 2019, we, we lost a really big landlord client of ours who was a developer that was converting big office blocks into multiple um, you know, blocks of flats, studio flats. Right. They were just 
growing and growing and growing and were covering a huge territory across the north. And they, they decided that it was better to consolidate everything down into one company who could manage everything for mm. them. Um, so we lost quite a sizable chunk of our portfolio then. And that was really the catalyst for me to go, okay, so we've lost quite a, a big part of our business, but then we gain all the time yeah. that was involved in delivering that service. And that's when I was went sourcing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to use this time personally yeah. to give it a real good go and make that into kind of a business in its own right. So join, join that journey from, say, 2006 through to sort of that took you up to what, mid-2019s, 2020? Start of 2019 yeah. was um, when I decided to go all in on sourcing. And where did you find, where did you come across Progressive? How did that all happen? Um, I think I'd always been aware of Progressive because when, when I first started my original business, it was me in my bedroom. And for 18 months, I didn't have any staff, just worked in my back bedroom and then moved into a small office and then grew a small team. So when I started the new business, I was very acutely aware that I was very lonely and isolated in the early days. Yeah. So I made the decision to go out there into the industry more and to get involved in like the Facebook groups, networking and things like that. And I think I must have joined the progressive community. Community. Yeah. You know, I've always struggled to go to the networking meetings because my partner's a nurse. So she typically works Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which is naturally when most of the networking meetings are. So I did a lot more of my networking online in the Facebook community. Right. So if you're listening to this, by the way, and you're not a member of the Progressive Property Facebook community, then make sure you do join. So if you listen to this on the podcast or on YouTube, then head over to Facebook and just search Progressive Property Community. There's about 40,000 investors like Sam in there, mm -hmm. all helping, supporting each other on the journey. So, um, so you found the community and... Um, you then got introduced to, you, you were looking at deal packaging and you did the, with Katie Wilson, the deal packaging training? Yeah, so I've, I've done sourcing now properly for the last three and a half years. And yeah. then um, I think it must've been about October last year. Um, yeah. So Katie Wilson was running a a, a webinar, a master, um, you know, like Discovery Day. Yeah. Um, jumped on that, loved the content, loved her as a, as a trainer, signed up to the masterclass, which yeah. was in January and then signed up to the mastermind. So right. I'm now three months into doing the 12-month mastermind with Katie. Right. Just looking to take the, the sourcing side of things to the, to the next level. It's interesting when you talk to you, and it's a very similar journey to mine and what other people do is where I was trying to do property for a while, tried lots of things that weren't really working, but I was trying to find my feet, um, got my own lettings business, yeah. um, done sourcing, and it's like we've, you follow that same path, but it's, it, the key is is we said the loneliness bit that you mentioned mm. about because I was at home in my bedroom trying to do a property business and didn't know anybody. So how important is um, the community, do you think, to to you and to anyone who's listening to this thinking about they're alone in property, they need support in property. How important are other property people and sort of that community to your success? For me, it's massive. You know, I, I named the new company Watson Co. And the co is to represent the people who are involved as well. So it's the community, the cooperation, the collaboration. It's all those things. So yeah. it's the staff, the business partners, the clients, the tenants. It's everybody that goes into it. Because I realized from my first business that it's a massive family in mm. property. Yeah. And the thing that I realized was in this industry, you don't have direct competitors because there's so many different ways of doing it. And there's so many different strategies that everybody's almost a business partner yeah. or an opportunity that you've not yet tapped into. So from, from a lettings point of view, we specialize in HMO conversions. So there might be another letting agent in our town who doesn't do HMOs, yeah. who can go refer to us a landlord who does HMOs. Mm. And we don't do students at the moment, so we could refer into them a landlord that Watch does student, student lets. lets. So what could have been 
seen as a competitor in the past is actually a collaborator. Yeah. And equally, you know, you go into the progressive community and if you write a post about what you do, invariably there'll be tens, if not hundreds of other people who specialize in that, who will connect with you. Mm. And then you can bounce ideas off people who are in exactly the same position. And sometimes you already have the knowledge, you just need the validation to push through with it. Yeah. And it gives you the confidence to, to do it, especially when you see other people doing it. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting, you, you know, when you go to the, the sort of the property training seminars, I've been on different ones for different industries and there's always someone up there making outlandish claims about success, mm. etc. But with property, it's like you can see the people physically doing it yeah. in front of you. And, and it's so true. And I just think it's everybody can succeed together yeah. um, if they all work together. That, that is so, so important is, is a lot of people I speak to and even myself, I was trying, when I tried to do it alone, it was very, very difficult. But being around people, and it's that bit about validation. It's I guess you know you know you hear about all these people and they've got a great idea, but they never do anything with it. And quite often it's because they've got not because they don't have the confidence to, but they don't have anybody to validate the idea for them. Yeah. So being around people that will validate that idea. In terms of your sourcing, how, has does the community help you with building your sourcing business? Um, in terms of are you starting to now use that community to find investors to source for, um, refurb for, etc.? Do you find that that builds that side of the business for you? Well, what, what I did quite early on with um, sourcing was I went into the HMO conversions. Right. There seemed to be a demand for them from people, uh, but also from an income point of view, higher fees, bigger refurbs, yeah. the lettings on, the, on the, the back end of it. So we've kind of niched into HMOs quite a lot in the last few years. And what right. you find is... When we finish a project, and I'll put, um, you know, finished project for a client, it then attracts people yeah. who are then interested in those kind of projects. So all the time you'll have, you know, people firing off messages saying, you know, I've heard you're the person who does this specific niche in this specific area. Yeah. So I think the community is really good for that. But also, there's a lot of people there who you'll never do business with. Mm. But if they know what you do, when someone comes to them and says, I'm looking for someone to do a HMO in Leeds, which is where I am. They know to think of you. Yeah. So it's the sort of third connection referrals that, that it's really good for. Um, you know, in with packaging, there's a lot of people starting in property and they go, um, I don't have any money to get started. Um, I'm just going to sell some deals and I'm going to practice packaging yeah. to try and get going. And then there's people like you that have, have gone through proper training on how to become a packager. Yeah. For somebody who's watching this thinking, I'm going to use a sourcer, what sort of things should they be asking the sourcer to make sure that sourcer is going to deliver them a good service and that the sourcer knows what they're actually doing? So if you're wanting to use a sourcer, um, I think one of the main things we've asked them about compliance and how they comply with all the necessary regulations. Because I think a lot of people, until they get into it, don't realise that they're as heavily regulated as estate agents. Yeah. Um, that is an interesting one. But also ask them a, an organic investor, for example, and then taking the investor through my, my workflows. So the next stage for me will be learning how to use social media. You know, for example, you know, retargeting. I was having a WhatsApp conversation with my missus at the weekend about buying a bikini for holiday. And I sent her a photo of one that I'd seen online. I said, well, why didn't you buy that one? So now today I go on Twitter to look at the football chatter and there's the bikini company Ads. advertising to me. Yeah. And it's just little things like that. It's I think, just a conversation. 
And a photograph sent. Yeah, just yeah. because I'd Googled it on my phone, yeah. their website, their website's now put a tracking pixel, which means I go on Twitter yeah. and I'm getting hit by their ads. And I know it's not groundbreaking stuff, but I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. And I haven't quite learned to master that yet. Mm. So I think the thing that I'm excited about is learning paid ads because not a lot of people in property use social media to its fullest. Yeah. I mean, some people struggle to post. Yeah. Um, so taking that to the next level of using paid ads and proper marketing and branding and things like that mm. are quite exciting. In terms of like tech pieces of technology, I don't know, is there anything sexy on the horizon? I think everyone's talking about NFTs, aren't they? Yeah. But I haven't got a clue what they are. NFTs. Ask Rob more about NFTs. Yeah, He'll tell one. you all about NFTs. He's even got me to buy one. Okay. So yeah, and, and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, NFTs are um, non-functional tokens. Yeah. yeah. Um, Google it. That's what I'll say. It's not for the Progressive Property Podcast. Google it or go on Rob Moore's Disruptors Podcast and he'll tell you all about <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. So um, Sam, really appreciate you coming in. Just before we let you go. Yeah. Top two or three tips to anyone who's listening to this thinking, I'd like to get started in property. Um, sort of first steps to get going, to get started, or to get restarted if they kind of went through what you did and, and you know, got, hit a roadblock, had to stop. Yeah. Um, how, start or restart? So if you're wanting to get into property or you wanted to get back into property, I think the best thing to do is attend some free training because there's so many different strategies that you can choose that if you go into it thinking... I want to do everything, you're going to fail. Like eventually the best investors are the ones who can apply different strategies to different properties. Mm. But to start with, you want to keep it a bit more specific. So go and do the free property events, get a flavor of the different strategies and then find one that you like mm. the sound of. I think everybody should do buy to let standard yeah. and then think of something else that can supplement buy to let service accommodation, holiday let, social housing, HMOs, for example. Deal packaging, and then just focus on those two. Learn as much as you can about the simple things, and then grow Over from time. there. So go from doing HMOs in one area to doing HMOs and service accommodation to doing it in multiple areas. Um, don't be scared to build a team. A lot of people in this industry seem to want to go it alone all the time, um, supported by VAs and things like that, which is great. But don't be scared to hire a member of staff and build a team beneath you because as soon as you have more hands, you can get so much more work done. Yeah. The amount of viewings we get through, because I've got a member of staff who yeah. isn't distracted by all the stuff I'm distracted by, who can just go and do viewings. 100% agree fine. with that. I, I had a, a um, psychological barrier of, they're called parents, and um, it was my, my, I could hear all my life, I came to Progressive 2013, and it was 2017 before I hired my first member of staff because in my mind was always, if, you, if you're paying somebody else, you'll never be wealthy. And the reality is I wasn't paying somebody else, I was buying their time. Yeah. And the more staff you take on, the more time you buy, the richest people on this planet, they have other people working for them. Well, you buy your so, own time. Yeah. Because to make money, you need to be doing deals and sales. So you need to be speaking to people, you need to be connecting, you need to be going out for dinner, you need to be operating at a high level. You don't need to be doing viewings. Mm. All you need to be doing is making sure that the person who's doing the viewings knows what they're looking for, and then you can just oversee that and quality control yeah. it. Um, so view staff and view systems and view things like that as a way for you to increase the amount of time you can then spend on on the best things. You know, yeah. and, and I always break it down this way. If you've got a 40-hour working week and you can only make time for three hours worth of sales calls, if you can eliminate three hours of something else, 
to, to make that three hours of sales calls, six hours of sales calls. Yeah. What you've actually done is you've doubled the highest income generating thing you can do in your business. Yeah. So your results should double, mm. even though you've only increased it by a small amount. Mm. In yeah. percentage terms, it's, you've increased it by a hell of a lot. I remember Rob Moore's book, Life Leverage. So if you if you've not read Rob Moore's book, Life Leverage, read it. But I remember Rob Rob mentors me, and he used to say to me, hire people. And I was thinking, Rob, I can't even afford to pay myself. Never mind, hire people. Uh-huh. And so he and one of the things he always says is, you've got to work hard enough to not have to work hard. Yeah. So if you listen to Sam say this about hire people, and you're thinking, I can't even pay myself. Got to work hard enough to not have to work hard. But the sooner you've got some income coming in, start putting it back into people and systems, and you'll scale a business. But you don't have to spend a lot. You know, yeah. just bringing in someone to do admin mm. full time, someone who can answer the phone, who can qualify calls, mm. that will free up so much more of your time yeah. that whatever they cost, you'll make that back. There's lots of stuff now, like the Kickstart scheme. Do you use that? I, I, I don't think I applied for it. I meant to apply for it, but I heard from a few people that there wasn't a lot of responses. Yeah. So it kind of put me off. I thought it was a great idea and I was going to yeah. use it, but they just said they'd had a few ads out and it wasn't. Right. So I, I, I've used it. I won't say how it goes. Um, but I've used it because um, my staff might be listening. No, they're great. They're great. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's it's good because you get the opportunity to test people out for a few months, and yeah. and you're not paying for them, so you can use that for admin roles, etc. If you listen to this and you're thinking, how do I get started? How do I pay for people? Well, you can test people out using the government kickstart scheme that mm. was introduced during the lockdown. So there's ways out there that you can go out and look for. You know, there's grants, there's the schemes, the stuff available that can help you. But at the same time, it is you know part-time people, full-time mm. people use the Tesco model. They don't let anybody for more than twenty hours, so they don't have to pay them additional <laughs> yeah. income. Not anybody. I can't say that on a podcast. They do hire people full-time, but there's no national insurance if you keep it below a certain wage level. Yeah. So just have a have a look into it. Read out to people like Sam he'll tell you how he got you know how to scale his properties as well how he how he scaled his, his staff members and join the progressive community there's a lot of people in there hiring people don't just go hire somebody ask other people that have hired people you know what the best method to do what the best places to go are but um some really good content today Sam really some really interesting things for people to think about in terms of getting good. started in property so really appreciate you coming in and sharing your journey with us no people to, people looking to find you um so you're in Leeds you specialize in HMOs and conversions to HMOs so you can do the sourcing the conversions the property management yeah and they can find you on Facebook, YouTube. You've got your podcast again. What did you say the podcast was called one more time? The Evolution of a Property Business. The Evolution of a Property Business. So, yes. guys, Sam Watterson, you've been. Find me. Go find him. You've been listening to the Progressive <laughs> Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. He's been Sam Watterson. You've been absolutely amazing. I'll see you next time. Cheers, everyone.